Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Sagit? Yes, sir! I know who I am! Did IQs just drop shot? I could have been. I, I have a plan. I like this All shit. It is important. off, bro. It is your Welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Atlantic Screen Connection Podcast with Jason and Lee. I'm Jason. I'm Lee. And we're going to be shaking these things up a little bit this week because my brain still needs a little bit of a break. So before we get back into deep dives and whatnot, besides you're going to be hearing this after, so who really gives a shit? What I want to get to right now is who's with us this week. Uh, we're really privileged to have Mr. Known Wells from You, Me, Empathy on the show with us. Hello, sir. Hello. Hello, Jason. Hello, Lee. How are you guys? Dad, you don't get to ask us that. Nobody gets that. We don't even ask that of each other. <laughs> Answer the question. Good. Uh, under duress now. <laughs> He's been at home with his girlfriend for too long right now. I just I've been I've been without the podcast for so long. That's the thing. We took a we took a long ass break, and now I'm. Still... Oh yeah, I still need more time to be honest. But <laughs> exactly. did you say a long long ass break or a long ass break? Both. The pause Entirely is important. Both. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's one of those dual meeting things. It's like a language. Uh, yeah. I'm, do, I'm doing fine, Noan. Thanks for asking. How, how are you, Noan? I'm doing great. I'm I'm a little bit hopped up on cold medicine, but I'm good. Yeah, I mean, that's the best Oh, man, I should have gotten tie, myself some of that. Tie. It's up there. Exactly. It's up there. I do that myself. So are you, are you like borderline sleepy or are you doing good? Yeah, I'm just uh, got a little brain fuzz going on last oh, so past weekend. Guys, was, was drowsy wells. Yeah, drowsy wells. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine because it because it fits our new show format. <laughs> we are relaxed and we talk about films and a what did you watch this week segment and it's all very chill so drowsiness is, is acceptable we accept that i'm glad you accept <laughs> yeah yeah no we're just gonna be peppering these out these little episodes uh to have a little bit of fun with people that we want to bring on and whatnot because uh we've realized now anyway lee and i that whenever we want to bring someone on to our regular format when we're doing the the uh, deep dive it kind of gets a little fucked it's a little overwhelming. You know, a little <laughs> overwhelming to try to fit someone into those types mm. of the, the conversations. And I mean, uh, uh, and I we've realized that our format doesn't lend well to guests, which kind of blows. But at the same time, we really, really enjoy talking to people. So yeah, we that's, figured we do these. That's the we're social creatures. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Lee and I get on each other's nerves now, so we had to bring Known in. <laughs> yeah. Happy to be here, guys. All right. Hey, man. So uh, seeing as that you're here, you, you have a new show out at, and it's doing quite well from what I can see. So can you tell us a little bit about that, what the concept is, and then after that we'll get into the movie stuff. Sure, yeah, and thanks for paying attention. Yes, um, the show's called You, Me, Empathy, and it's uh, it's essentially creating a safe space for everyday folks, silly boy, dunderheads like myself, to talk about <laughs> our mental health struggles and to create uh, a space for vulnerability and empathy and, and compassion in telling our stories. And so each week I talk to someone about a particular topic, whether it's depression or PTSD, or this most recent episode was on the topic of meditation, mindfulness, and yoga, you know, just all these various topics around the topic of mental health uh, to hopefully create a dialogue that will, you know, sort of break down the stigma of mental illness and mental health, uh, you know, conversation in, in our culture. So that's the show and uh, I love it. Thanks. 
fuck, that you love it as well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on top of the fact <laughs> that it's it's doing good work, you know, it's it's actually important stuff. It, it, it does kind of help when you enjoy doing it. <laughs> it does. It definitely does. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to be said for those types of shows because, like you said, there is a stigma around a lot of those things. You know, mental health in society is not something that people like to talk about openly. Uh, having a safe space is usually very difficult. I mean, even like. Uh, I don't know, most of the people that you're talking to today, even if you stare them right in the eyes, you have no idea what the hell's going on and because right. they'd have no idea if they can trust you with any of the stuff that they're going through. And so, yeah, I think there's a really great concept. And I remember when you talked to me a little bit about it before you launched, I, I was like, Jesus, first of all, congrats, because it takes a lot of balls to do what you did oh, and create a show like that, because <laughs> not everyone can do that at all. And so I applaud that a lot. Uh, and the reason I say that is because I couldn't do it at all. I can't do what you do. I can't talk about those things. And it's because I'm just not comfortable doing it. That being said, I will come to talk to you because I like <laughs> you as a person. But at the same time, I've always had trouble opening up, even when I'm talking to my kids or when I'm talking to my girlfriend and stuff like that. I always go through six or seven different rows before saying exactly how I feel. Yeah. And then instead of like really talking about how I feel, I'll break down and cry when I watch the Last Jedi and Luke Skywalker dies. Totally, totally rational way. To, <laughs> well, I mean, I, to express yourself. I think, and, and the listeners should know that Jason will be a guest on Yumi Empathy, and it's also important to to recognize that, like, we each have we we all process differently. We each have our own sort of specific journeys and and ways that we process our emotions, and no one way is right or wrong, you know. And so, when I have guests on, I'm yeah. like not like I'm not like oprah or something i'm not, like trying to get you to like cry oh, or whatever no, no, no. it's just it's just a conversation <laughs> about your story and whatever i mean i'm gonna make you cry jason that's for sure but you know okay you cool <laughs> you gonna give me a car <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> you get a cry you get away, a car. <laughs> can i be a guest fucking hell i want a car <laughs> <laughs> uh cool oh yeah so now now to we're gonna we're gonna brush away the the important work you do and talk about the absolutely unimportant shit that we do which is films <laughs> <laughs> not true yeah. speaking of things that make us cry i uh watch cloverfield paradox Getting sick of only seeing you on a screen. One, one, one. Please, God. <laughs> Be on our side. Standing by for your go. Turn that shit on. Fingers crossed. Gone. It's big, blue, full of angry people. Keep looking, you'll find it. My God. Great. Uh, we were talking about it just a little bit earlier. And uh, I don't know. No, have you seen it? I have not. No? And Lee, you did. I did, yep. Yeah. Uh, in All fact, right. I, I was one of the the only maybe crusader were... of this film on Twitter. 
<laughs> that happens to us a lot. Well, for some reason, I had a great time. I I, uh, I sat down like when when they said, "Hey, Cloverfield is is playing." I I, I don't think I watched it the same day. Yeah, I watched, I watched the it day on a Monday after. night, and I told Leslie, "I said, hey, do you mind? I want to watch this sci-fi flick because Mike wants to talk about it. Uh, we're gonna be talking about how like a Netflix is an event non-event now, where like people were gonna flock to just their living room." You know, yeah, and to, yeah. to watch the, these movies, you know, yeah, these like tentpole TV, films like that are being TV released online and streaming. TV films and TV series, you know, people still do that, I, I imagine. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I, I haven't had cable in such a long yeah, time. Yeah, no, not me either. That's why you I had buy to cable? imagine it. No. <laughs> no. I haven't had it for no. I mean, that's the wise way to go. That's what yeah. Netflix is for. We're just moving it to Netflix. That, you know, like, it's Monday night. The next episode of Blank is on Lost. I mean, Netflix is sort of experimenting with those schedules again. I you agree, know, weekly yeah. episodes yeah. and things like that, so... Yeah, exactly. I, I don't know, man. To me, the fun thing, and this, we're, we're still talking around the movie as opposed to talking mm. about the movie. And I, I like that because I think the conversation deserves to be around and not <laughs> about. Because look, look, I don't know how, I, I'd like to see the numbers, you know, what happened with Netflix. I mean, how many people actually flooded to go mm. watch and how much streaming went through and all that. Because if you launch a trailer, you know, I think was, was it three hours before it actually came out on Netflix? Something, Roughly, yeah. I think it was the Super Bowl time. And people were talking about it like crazy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's not like like Star Wars, The Force Awakens, or The Last Jedi, where you get your first trailer a year out. And then you have that momentum build gradually and all that. People were genuinely excited and surprised. And I think that that's what I appreciated most about the movie is the fact that they were like, hey, you know what? You know that thing you like? Well, here's another one. And you get it in three hours. And I'm like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> I think that was really fun because... They didn't have to show anything. The marketing didn't cost much. They paid that $5 million probably for the spot at the Super Bowl, and that's about it. You know, it's still a pretty penny, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, I kind of appreciated the fact that I didn't have – I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, absolutely. Now, maybe – obviously, the discourse around it now is more like, well, there's a reason for that, and it's because the movie was terrible. They didn't want you to see. They didn't want to show you a bunch of things where you're like, oh, this reminds me of this, or this reminds me of that, because it is very tropey as a movie, and they do it really poorly in a good way. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I really appreciated the fact that they did that. You know, I, I think that a lot of movies should do that uh, more. Obviously, I'm not in control on any of these things. I'm going with my gut feeling. I have no background in finance or producing or anything like that. So I have no stake in the game. I'm just saying that from from an outside perspective as a guy watching these things, I thought it was really fun, clever, yeah. and I wish that a lot of more people would do it. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the film, I mean, it's not a great film in itself if you turn the conversation to it. I, but, I mean, it's well shot. It's paced really well, I think, is the important thing. Like, you only burn like an hour and 20 minutes of your life. Uh, I mean, you could you you waste more time on YouTube every week or every day if you're some people. I mean, <laughs> uh, you, you could do a lot fun. worse, and it still it had a, a a lot of fun, interesting moments sprinkled throughout a narrative that was kind of stupid. But it's like you know, that's there are oh, way man. worse. Chris times. arm just kind of going yeah. across the floor. I mean, that was, that was great. Brilliant. I... <laughs> <laughs> who thinks of that? Like, who's, you know, who thinks you, who's reading the script? One of my favorite lines of the year, which is, "What are you talking about, Arm?" <laughs> I mean, that's that's yeah. amazing. I don't care. I'd, I'd spend an hour and twenty minutes to get to something like that. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I've watched it twice so far. Whoa, and that's the funny thing. Is I don't know like, about oh, that. No, we're never gonna. <laughs> oh no, man! I'm gonna revisit this movie because there's a lot of funny shit going yeah, on. Uh-huh. A lot of funny shit. 
they talk about talk about what they call plot holes, which I think is not whatever. It's not a thing. I think that this is really, really pleasant for me anyway to go back and revisit this one because it's just so dumb and it's really, really fun. <laughs> but anyway, so if you're planning on watching Cloverfield Paradox, and I hope you will because it is dumb fun. I don't know, like ever since Christopher Nolan came and kind of just based everything in reality, then we all look at movies like Cloverfield Paradox and say, that doesn't make any sense. It's not supposed to. No, yeah, <laughs> It's supposed absolutely. to just be what it is yeah. and just take it for what it is. And I think that that's what the charm of the movie is. I had a better time watching Cloverfield Paradox than I did watching Justice League, and that's saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> or nothing at all. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but no one had some horror movies that he wanted to talk about. Uh, yeah, sure. And I was just going to point out that I had a better time not watching Justice League. I, I um, can guarantee it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I've been sick, as 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 I mentioned, and I, I've been watching... Jessica doesn't watch horror movies with me, so I watch these on my own. Um, the first right. one is the the Ritual. It's called the Ritual. It's on Netflix. Right. Rob would have loved this place. He's a good man. The best of us. You know they have walking trails in England, pubs. Come on, man. Where's your soul? Ah! Oh, oh, it's twisted. It's twisted. Ah! All right. Yep. Oh, easy. Ah! Easy. Look, we go southwest through here. We cut the journey in half. Or through the forest. Yeah, why not? Should have gone to Vegas. Oh, you'd have found something to fall over in Vegas too, mate. Now, is it me, or is it really quiet in here? <laughs> it's been gutted. Could be hunters out here. Bait, possibly. Or it's the bit they don't show you in the nature documentary. It's a warning. We shouldn't be here. Where the hell are we, Huts? We should pitch the tents. This is ridiculous, man. Luke, you're getting soaked. Did you hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. It was a nightmare, Phil. Well, what happened to you then? We got spooked and we had bad dreams. All right? I woke up last night. Look, look at this. Nothing has done that to you. You've done it to yourself. Why do you have to deny everything like that? Because I, say? I do not value your judgment. We need to be working together, man. out in the last couple of months um produced by our friend Gollum, andy circus and <laughs> it's about uh, a group of friends him. i would love him to be our friend by the way <laughs> we can i would love that, that too <laughs> i know right i i just kind of like preempt that you know our friend for 
any sort of famous I person. I mean, it could happen. In, in hopes of one exactly. day. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. aspirational goals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the ritual is about uh, a group of friends who get together. They experience a, a trauma. One of their... I'm not spoiling anything. One of their buddy, it's within the first couple of minutes, one of their buddies dies and then they go, you know, like six months later to this sort of camping trip in, I think like Scandinavia or something, right? Norway. And then they get, uh, they run into some creepiness in the woods and it's not the most inventive horror film. I mean, but... that description isn't even rem- that's not even on the scale of inventivity. <laughs> no, no, you're right. It's it's like every horror film, but there there are some cool shots and the design of like some of the um, uh, how do I say this without spoiling anything? The design of some of the uh, the the creatures in it or the sort of the the evil force in it mm-hmm. is pretty inventive and and kind of cool looking. Cool. Um nice. I see I see you know, in, in, in the UK yeah. uh like I seen yeah. a trailer for this before I was uh watching some film a couple of months ago and uh, mm-hmm. I was like I'm not watching that obviously because it's it's a horror film but at the time the way the trailer worked it made it look like it was a bit of a lads comedy. Uh, so I, okay, like I don't know. Is that in it, or is or, because the way you're describing it doesn't sound like it at any point. It's not like a cabin in the woods scenario, or a... no, it's definitely not a cabin in the woods. There's no real comedy in it. Um, <laughs> maybe at the maybe at the beginning, but it's. I, I will say that it's set in a beautiful area. It's a beautiful setting. You know, I think they were on location, probably. The richest comedy uh, is beauty. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's a thing I watched recently. It's it's somewhat forgettable, but um, I think it, effective and scary in certain moments. I liked the design of the creatures, like I said. And would you recommend it to people, or is it? Uh... Yeah, I think I would recommend it. Uh, you know, I I I would give it like a um, sort of a B minus sort of grade. I I would recommend it. There are things, there are aspects of it, I aspects about it that I enjoyed, but you know, it's not. Again, it's not. Um, it's not the most inventive thing. So, in the world. Yeah. If, so. You're, if you're looking for a uh, like a derivative horror film and you've seen them all, then The Ritual is another one. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, you've seen that stuff before. Um, the actors are good. Uh, Rafe Spall is the main guy. He's 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 always he's all right. good. But um, he's Life of Pi actor. Know. Yeah, yeah. So he's good. But um, you know, it's on Netflix. If you have Netflix, it's worth watching. Awesome. All right. Are you are you a big horror fan? Is that the, the genre that you go to, the gravitate to the most? No, not the most. I do like horror, though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so, I mean, that that's the thing. How hard is it to be inventive when it comes to horror now? You know, I, I, there's a lot of movies that have come out recently that sure. seem to kind of want to uh, revitalize things. I think Lights Out was one of them that was kind of interesting. Apparently, Get it was out, based obviously. on a short film from the same <laughs> Get Out, obviously. Uh, you know, yeah. I think we're, we might actually be heading towards like horror has kind of just been having some sort of revitalization. I think, yeah, I, I think you're right in that the horror genre is doing uh, a lot of I mean, we've had a lot of great horror the last six, seven years for sure. Mm. The thing I love about the horror genre, and I've said this before on some podcasts, is that it's, um, you know, it's where, a lot, you know, as a film nerd, it's where a lot of like people get their starts. Right. And it's it's yeah. it's also a genre where you can create, you know, effective storytelling cheaply. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and if you're you know, and if you have like good, well-developed characters, you know, a decent story and some inventiveness in the scare 
you know, aspects of the story, like, you know, then, then great. That's, that's awesome. Like that's, that's a well done horror film usually. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's definitely, it's one that you can make sing with very little, uh, you know, yeah. like, like the best one I can think of in, in latest years, uh, other than get out is, uh, the, the, bitch, the witch, and I mean, uh-huh. that like, that's basically a bunch of people standing around in the woods doing nothing for an hour and a half, and, and then a couple of little flashes of a goat. You know, it's, it's there's yeah. not a lot the to music it, was but key. it's, it's yeah. tense and horrible the entire way yep. through, and it, it plays with really, really careful imagery instead of trying to make big bombastic scares or anything. It just tries to creep you the fuck out. And that's why it's so effective. And, that, and it's a great um, benchmark for what horror movies are capable of because there's almost nothing to it except good writing and good visuals, you know? So, I mean, uh, good acting, uh, I, I, admittedly. You know, the pieces are good, but it, there's not a lot budget-wise to it that's, that really makes it step out from any other horror film. It's just, you know, talent. <laughs> yep. That, that yeah, most rare of assets. I have to get to that. <laughs> I, I, yep. bu- I bought... I bought The Witch, mm-hmm. uh, and I haven't watched it yet, but I bought it for my girlfriend because she likes horror, and I, I recently bought her the new It movie, and it uh, she was like, why did you buy me something you like? Is it, Rephrasing it like, you bought you like movies, why did you get me a movie? And I was like, well, this is my way of saying that I kind of want to watch the movies that you want to watch sometimes, you know what I mean? Instead of sitting down and watching my stuff, I want to try to throw myself in because I can't stand horror. You know, and when you said that you were going to talk about two horror movies, I was like, ah, fuck, I won't have much to say, you know, <laughs> but I do kind of want to get into that a little bit more, be, try to kind of fight whatever the hell's going on with me. Because when I, you know, I said it before, when I go up, you know, get up to take a piss at night, bring a fucking flashlight with me because I don't trust anything in my apartment. <laughs> and so I, uh, I want to do that. There was Don't Breathe, apparently, that was pretty good, too. But I loved Get Out. Get Out was fascinating. Mm-hmm. But it, to me, the, the whole horror aspect was a little bit more subtle. You know, there wasn't something that was terrifying about it. It's just the idea and the concept and the message that is terrifying. So yeah. I, I don't know. I'd have to get to it. So the witch is one that I have. I, I still I have here. There was the uh, Babadook. Babadook's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's great. So I have to check. Yeah, that I out mean, too. Again, dude, definitely know. the witch. If you can do, if you can do Get Out, you can do the witch. Uh, the Babadook is a little more jumpy. I'll give you that. But again, it's. Uh, I mean, it's a fantastic right. story in itself. It's just not. It's more proper hard than either Get Out or The Witch. <laughs> All right, yeah. I'll have to check it out because it was it was cheap on iTunes. It was like four ninety nine. Plus they had the special features, and I was like, oh, I'll get that for Leslie. She's gonna love that. <laughs> she hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Lee, yeah, uh, I I'm just I've been going through a couple of um, films I, I missed last year, and I'm also trying to keep up occasionally with films that are coming out this year. So. Uh, today I, I want to talk about Power Rangers from 20, 2017? Maybe it was 2016, I can't really remember. Don't remember. Well, first, do you have any experience with Power Rangers? Is this, is this me? Am I, am I going to be talking like I'm some fucking kid and, and you I guys think, are in the past generation? I think and I are pretty much the same age. <laughs> How old are you, uh, man? Yeah, well, no, you I, I didn't see, <laughs> I didn't see the movie, didn't watch the show. It was a little after my time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it was my cousin's time. I was the Ninja Turtles. They were the Power Rangers. See, I watched both of those, and that that you know, that's it's weird. I it, I guess in the UK there was it was basically like a rerun culture. So like even the like the Power Rangers came out in like '93, I think, uh, and I I was born in '92. So I mean, it, it wasn't even like I was on the ground running with it. You know, I I didn't watch it until I was like six or seven. 
But through reruns, I watched the original series, and I think I watched it up to their fourth series, which was called In Space. Uh, but like, and I see the film. I, I, at least there, there are two films that I've seen the first one. So I, I was into them as a kid. I actually even had a, a friend at the time in, in, in primary school. And our, our friendship was based mutually just out of appreciation of Power Rangers. And after we grew out of it, our friendship caved immediately because there was nothing, there was nothing left. Uh, we, we went to school for the next, like, the entire 14 year stretch. And like, we were kind of in the same circles, but we weren't really friends because Power Rangers, they were gone. <laughs> anyway, I, uh, uh, what's the new film? And I, it's, I mean, you guys are literally the two people that cannot be recommended Power Rangers <laughs> because it is, it's absurd. Like, it is absolutely unrecommendable for anyone who hasn't got some sort of prior connection to Power Rangers. Okay. Which is weird for, for reboot culture because I thought the idea was that it would usher in a new generation of fans and try to, try to reap more Power Ranger money. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, get a new show on the run and a couple of new films. But, like, the, the this film, it starts out like that. It starts out kind of like the um, the Fantastic Four reboot, where it's kind of like a bunch of kids get to know each other very slowly through a bunch of teenage melodrama. It's it's a little more grounded than the, uh, than the Fantastic Four, if I've had four-stick film. <laughs> and the kids are really likable to an extent. They're a bit tropey, but they're generally... You know, they've got a lot of charisma about them. The writing's quite good on that part to get a general sense of what drives them. And they all seem pretty... Now, you get why they like each other, and you get where this fits in the, the giant chronology of American high school fiction. But then, like, it's like a two-hour-long film. And around the hour mark, they uh, like the 45-minute mark, they start getting uh, superpowers, and they start dealing with that. And you could you could read that if you want. This is like one screenwriter, I imagine... Uh, and he's written it up to this point, and it's like how superpowers is like a metaphor for either sexuality or you know changing times or some shit, you know. And so they all they all become superpowered, and they all have their fucking problems at home, and people don't believe they're superpowered, and they, it, it bonds them together. So it's either like a niche or something. <laughs> so it's 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 a metaphor, and it kind of works for about 15, 20 minutes. And then it just becomes the most ridiculous fucking film that literally cannot be enjoyed by anyone other than people that appreciate absurdism and people that appreciate the Power Rangers. Because, <laughs> uh, like, it, it just, like, at the hour and a half mark, it just turns heel entirely. It, um, it, it becomes a kung fu film with the fucking original Power Rangers guitar theme playing over the top of them. And they're all really super high motion. And they're all very anime poses. And there's a lot of slow motion action <laughs> for, like, one scene. And then it's a big battle with um, Elizabeth Banks uh, at, a, at a Dunkin' Donuts which goes on for about twenty minutes, and it's it's the most shameless ad. Uh, the shameless <laughs> is it Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme? Oh, sorry, Krispy Kreme. You're right. Oh, the, Krispy well, Kreme was it? Yeah, I even love, I, know. I love the fact that their advertising didn't even work on me. I confused it with the other donut thing. <laughs> <laughs> and here in Canada is Tim Hortons. So. Oh, yeah, Tim Hortons, yes. Krispy Kreme, and Dunkin' Donuts. Those are the places. Yeah, it's, I, that's what I mean. Like, even I mean, the advertising is—it's ridiculous. Um, it's like they actually shoot it like an American advert, 
where it's it's really fucking high contrast. Elizabeth Banks actually almost takes a bite of a donut it, it, just while she's waiting for the battle to begin, and it and it looks like all her scenes were shot in a dunk uh, in a. A Krispy Kreme car park. Uh, it's really humiliating, I thought, and also apparently not very effective. Uh, but yeah, I mean, after that, they they all get their their giant uh, robot dinosaurs, and and then they get pushed into into lava, and then the robot dinosaurs combine and form one big transformer bot. And uh, it's it's the, it's literally like incomprehensible if you have no no. I mean, it was basically. I mean, as a kid, it was basically incomprehensible. You just went along with that shit. Uh, you're just like, oh yeah, that's fine. They all turn into a big robot. Oh, that's fine. They all combine their guns and they get a super gun. That's that makes sense. You just you go on with that. But um, when you're watching a film that has like none of those elements for like an hour and a half, and then it has all of them crammed into the last half an hour, you just your mind is reeling. How anybody could like, oh, this is good. <laughs> this is what I thought this I film know, was. <laughs> yeah, Power Rangers have always been a mystery to me. I, one of my buddies really likes the Power Rangers, and I always had trouble with it because to me, when I watched. I remember watching. I was like, "This is goofy as balls," but I, I came up with a generation that actually liked uh, Voltron. When you yeah, watch Voltron, yeah. you know the, the guys, the cats, and all that stuff. I thought that was great. I had action figures of Voltron, but it was an animated, you know, TV show, mm-hmm. which I thought was great. It made more sense. But when I watched like the the Power Rangers, and my cousins were into that stuff, all that hand waving and the weird costumes and the no mouth that moves and loved it. I was like, "The, the hell is going on, man?" <laughs> Uh, yeah, it worked for me. I, I, it was kind of like the next evolution of, I don't know what my, my version of Teletubbies was, but it is like Teletubbies where it's a bunch <laughs> of gestu- gesticulation and, uh, and muttering of random gibberish words is now transplanted into these American teenagers who are doing almost exactly the same fucking thing. Uh, oh. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, the film is, 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 go- is, is good as I would have expected a like a commercially horrible cash in to be, you know, and uh, it's 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 not recommendable, but I mean it is a bit of a trip, so I mean, it kind of warrants maybe checking out, uh, especially if if people actually like the Power Rangers. I mean that's I mean that's easy sold, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine anyone having coming away from it that hadn't enjoyed the Power Rangers before and going, oh yeah. You know what? That really made me think. Or oh, I really care. It was like Breakfast Club, and then at the end, it was like a fucking samurai battle for no reason. It just, <laughs> it's just like you know, it was like you know, it was like when you have a VHS of 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 Breakfast Club, and somebody cuts in at the very end with fucking Rush Hour. That was kind of how it felt. <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh boy. Anyway, I don't we, know. I, non, uh, are you sold? <laughs> well, I, I sort of tuned out when. Um, <laughs> When Lee mentioned that Elizabeth, when Lee mentioned that Elizabeth Banks um, almost bit into the donut, yeah, was that was like, the most infuriating part, bite? really. So she didn't bite the donut. No, she didn't. She like held it. She got it like an inch away from her mouth, and then something blew up the Krispy Kreme, and she was just standing there, and she just kind of put down the donut and it cut away. This is infuriating to me. <laughs> You guys, because okay, she could have she could have got some sustenance in her, and then she's she could go battle. It's the same sort of situation. I know I'm like this is a ridiculous point to harp on, but no, 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 no. Go ahead, man. This rem- is great. Remember that. Remember that scene in Home Alone where um, 
Kevin McAllister is like makes like, you know, he sets his whole house up and then he makes this delicious mac and cheese meal. And then he's about to dig into it. And then the doorbell rings or whatever, or his timer goes off. And then the clock, the clock goes off. The clock or whatever. And he just goes and he doesn't even take a bite. Wow. This is infuriating to me. It's the same (laughs) sort of level of frustration. Who knew there there was an inedit, an uneaten food trope that has been plaguing Hollywood films all this time? <laughs> See, it always frustrated me. I'm just like, take a couple bites. You got to be hungry. You just put forth all this energy to like setting up all these booby traps. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah it is. It's sending, sending the wrong. Yeah, it's sending the wrong message with regards to um energy management, nutrition, and nutrition. Yeah, I mean, yeah, not exactly. that eating a exactly. Krispy Kreme donut would have fucking changed anything on that front. <laughs> oh, Elizabeth yeah, Banks never fight, fighting form. <laughs> Moving on. Would you recommend Power Rangers, Lee? As I said, it's literally unrecommendable. All right. All right, so I'll check it out this week. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Speaking of weirdo nostalgia, I, uh, I managed to finally uh, sit down and watch Thor Ragnarok. time yeah i don't really have much to say about it because there's no real depth to the film it's just sure what it is you know what i mean is. um i watched it last night actually in, in a rather good coincidence okay uh, and i was trying to i had a thing for it the familial stuff goes nowhere it's a dead end but uh the stuff with it uh, with thor's awakening and uh, it, it there there was something there. there i mean it's not important to enjoy the film in fact it actually for a lot of it gets in the way of enjoying the film uh any parts to do with familial battles and 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 trying to find depth in thor ragnarok gets away from it being a straight-up comedy which it's really good at but there there's there's things it, it Somebody tried. Man, he's had the same arc for three movies. It's his fucking hubris gets in the way. He's still chiding 
Hulk the entire time, the strongest Avenger and all that. And yeah. I mean, it, it, Thor is probably the best example of a character that's gone pretty much nowhere. They've done things around him, but as as a as a as a character, he's essentially the same guy he was. Yeah. You know, I mean, he learns a little bit in the first movie where, like, oh, you have to learn how to be a king, and now now he has to learn how to be the god of thunder. Well, now, you know? yeah, but I guess same... this one he kind of has to learn how to be a person, though. You know, kind of get on with people. this one. He had to learn how to be funny. And, and that too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there's that. But uh, you know, like he has to be a good, an actual friend to Bruce Banner. You know, he has to actually save his people. It's there's there's bits and pieces that he that is more than just his fucking hubris and ego. Yeah, it's it it, it kind of deals with more about how he has to get a sense of of socialness about him. <laughs> actually try and be something for someone and also st- stepping up to the crown rather than just taking a name only and stuff like that. There are bits and pieces of that shit. I wouldn't say it's time to break out the Thor Ragnarok essays and start a fucking deep dive, but I mean, it, 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 it is a different story, so you kind of got to give them credit for that. It's just not as, it's not nearly as important as him meeting up with a rock guy on Jeff Goldblum planet and and piloting an orgy ship into the devil's anus. I mean, that's 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 where the that's where the thr- the fruit of the labor are, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, you've seen. Have you seen this one? I have. Yeah. I mean, I think placing any sort of um, labels of importance on these films is probably a little hyperbolic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I I you know I enjoyed it. I I think that. I agree with you, like, Thor hasn't really had much of a character arc. He's pretty. He's been pretty flat. And I, I, I think in, in the case of Ragnarok, um, you know, we actually saw a little bit more from him. Like, I, you know, as sure. I snidely mentioned the humor, like, I think he, he had a little bit more to do and a little bit more sort of silliness, um, which I enjoyed. But, yeah, I mean, it was silly fun, and I enjoyed it. I didn't... I wasn't expecting... Um, Shakespeare or Dante's Inferno. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Neither have I. But I mean, when you when you compare it to like I don't know, I, well, why why would I compare? I'm just looking at you know the, the whole spy film aspect of the Winter Soldier. I feel like Captain America has had a much bigger arc, you know, f- in, in all the characters in Marvel, and he was the most boring character when you know, when they said they were going to make Captain America of a movie. I was like, really. How the hell are they going to pull it off? And they they magically did. I think that he's well developed. You know, you can see him go from, you know, the all American. Well, now he's the all American boy, obviously. But I mean, from going from what he he was living, you know, the idea of bullying and all that stuff. I mean, that's kind of inspirational for kids. But when I look at what Thor can bring to the audience, I mean, laughs is pretty much what it is. I mean, Lord, Thor has always been somewhat of a laughable character, yeah. Especially with the fact that he's a god among men and he can barely kind of sustain any form of uh oh, well for lack of a better word empathy right. towards anybody i understand that maybe in this movie that's what happened you know but at the same time he is still going through the whole gladiator process mm. that we've seen you know so i mean i've seen this movie before just not as funny you know if yeah. anybody that when i was watching the movie itself i couldn't help but think jesus christ this is Clay- kate blanchett's film Actually, you know, she's the one that was betrayed. She was the one that was kind of thrown out and all that. And I think that she's come back to, you know, for 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 a good reason. I mean, I, I listened to her and I was like, 
yeah, all of what she's doing is pretty much valid. Yeah, that absolutely is. My dad too. <laughs> exactly. It's, but that's the thing. The, the the film does set that up really well, and then it just kind of goes nowhere. She, they just kind of treat her like shit and yeah. then write her off. Yeah, it just it, that that part, that did annoy me a bit because there was an actual layer of depth where they could have made an executive decision near the end and go like, oh, well, I mean, give her a break. She had a bad fucking parentage. Did you guys read the the comics? I had a few growing up, man, but not, I mean, really. not, not particularly. I tried reading a couple of them, and I was like, I, I don't have no interest in this. So he's never yeah, been one so, of my favorite characters anyway. So No, and I think, um, I mean, I, I can't speak for every comic book reader, of course, but for me, I read comics, and I, I always, growing up, I had a, I don't know, there's just a certain disinterest in a character like Thor for me for some reason. Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's about, like, you know, his... Maybe his privilege, his his you know his his world isn't that interesting to me. It's it's a little bit too much like the myths that we were you know you know we had to read in school. Like there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of things going on there, and I think maybe sometimes that like because of that he's been rendered this almost silly character. Yeah, I mean I, I, that's probably the best thing. I think they learned that with the Hulk in the Avengers movie as well. When the Hulk keeps failing to be an interesting film character, make him a joke. And so they kind of in the Avengers they make him uh, a joke. They make him funny. They make these the, he's, he's constantly just giving off one-liners and punching things. And he's a bit scary at one point, and then for the most part he's like beating up Loki and making cracking wise for the Hulk's sake. And then, you know, they've just done the same thing for Thor when they realize that audiences just are not engaging with this meathead fucking alien god. <laughs> they really want to try and a different angle. And then they, they found it in this, in the same way that, and it's, it's kind of neat that they've paired the two together that have both went through the same transition. Uh, mm. two characters that just do not translate well to people because there's nothing to translate. There's nothing like, ah, oh, the man is monster myth. Whoa, that is a, that's a real deep one, <laughs> uh, you know. But yeah, I mean, make him make him a joke, make him a funny character, make both of them a funny character, and make him a buddy comedy across space. And you're like, ah, you know what? This has a place in my heart. <laughs> I, I agree. I a hundred percent agree with you. I, I had a fun time. It was a really fun movie. Mm. And one of the things that I really the, like the Tessa Thompson character, the Valkyrie. I was a little bit on the fence because I was like, oh. Uh, didn't we see this type of of uh, character in Aquaman in the Justice League? And I'm, I don't want to bring it up too much. Where you know that she's kind of reluctant to going back. You know, she's a bit of a drunk. And I was like, oh, well, we've seen this character. And I, there was one of the aspects of the the new superhero movies that I'm kind of getting a little peeved about is that none of these guys want to be a hero. They're always like, oh, Christ, I don't really want to do this. And that's the one thing I think that I adore about Thor is the fact that he desperately believes. That he is meant to be a hero, yeah, it's, he just doesn't yeah, know how it's to endearing. do. It. <laughs> exactly. Well, every time he's he about to say, "Because that's what heroes do," he gets interrupted by some fucking slapstick incidents. Because that's that's the film wants to make a joke out of the fact that he's so fucking heroic. But um, it's true. I mean, I guess it's because very few people that go to watch films feel like heroes. So they might want to start with somebody who doesn't automatically just register as I'm a hero. This is what I do. This is my job. And I've always felt content doing it. You know, I've never seen myself that way. I'm not jumping in front of your fucking train or bus to to do something. (laughs) Uh, But I I relate to 
like you know your alcoholic Tony Stark who whose ego allows him <laughs> to be a superhero or uh, or your fucking your reluctant Bruce Banner who just kind of gets prodded in each and every direction passively until he shows up at the right place and lets somebody else do the work for him inside him I mean yeah I, I, those those characters are way more interesting to me than uh, a guy like Thor who's just like oh, I'm the rightful prince to a king alien species and I uh, will be king one day and I've always been bred to be awesome <laughs> <laughs> I had a quick question for you guys. Um, I wonder if you guys were annoyed as as annoyed as I am about the fact that they just have to show Natasha's face now and Banner just shows up again. The Hulk just kind of deflates back down to human form. I, I, it's, it's like the kryptonite in Superman. She seems to be the one thing that calms him down, but I'm I'm a little bit weirded out by that. Why, why, why did they make this character that? You know what I mean? Black Widow is such an interesting character on her own. But now when I'm watching the Avengers, she's always there to kind of calm down the dude. Now mm. even in Thor, you know, like, oh, hey, look, Natasha. <gasps> oh, And then he goes back down. And I was like, how long have I been the Hulk? <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of like, it feels like she's a, you know, some somewhat of a buzz kill, you know, without having to say like that she's actually how cruel. A, <laughs> but it, but it, it's just I don't know I thought it was kind of a boring thing and it takes no time whatsoever you know Hulk just turns around and it's like catnip he's just like <gasps> woman <laughs> you know and I'm like dude as, come on I don't see it as base as that but uh, sure Nam do you have any thoughts I don't have any issues with it I mean I I think it you know if we really wanted to deeply explore it I think it could be problematic and that. She's the woman, you know, she's, you know, are we, are we ascribing to some certain gender, gender, you know, ideals, you know, about a woman being comforting, like, who knows, like, we can probably explore that, you know, but I think like, you know, I think it works for me because they've, they did have that connection before. And so I don't have a problem with it, really. Yeah, I mean, I I think... (sighs) like Whedon's script for Age of Ultron was all over the fucking place and that was one of the weakest elements of it because it lent itself so well to backwards gender roles uh, that it did make me fucking uncomfortable but I think what they're doing in Ragnarok is making it kind of salvageable because now it's the Hulk is him pretending it's he's, he's he doesn't care you know Banner cares Hulk angry hang out Hulk just is outlash where Banner is the thinking, feeling human being of the of the relationship, and so when it's not when Hulk and sees Black Widow on the screen, he's kind of, all those repressed feelings that he's got from just not looking at her face and not thinking about the fact that he's fucked up so badly and took himself off and abandoned her, and it's it's all becoming the guilt kind of takes away from the fact he's angry, and that's what's making him power down. So it it, it to me that was a kind of smart decision because we know. It's anger that fuels the Hulk, and when it's any other emotion, it's Banner. So yeah, it made sense. Okay. I felt like it was a, it was an all right choice. I think they're just trying their best to salvage what is a difficult uh, start Beauty for that relationship. Trope. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not that they can't make that smart. It's just that they haven't yet. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fine. I'm the only one. <laughs> so that's okay. <laughs> But anyway, so that's it. And obviously, Jeff Goldblum, I, I, you know, I think he just he should start a Mars colony. He'd do well. Yeah, 
I mean, I can't I believe, I can't believe they I mean, overthrew him at the end because it seemed that he. I, I think they'll just restart. He's just so charismatic and, and adorable that uh, why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's just so weird because now you put him in any movie, that guy's no longer an actor. He's just Jeff Goldblum in everything. I'm fine with that. <laughs> yeah, he was always uh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I don't really care about his acting chops. I, I like Jeff Goldblum being Jeff Goldblum. I have no issue with this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you show up and be yourself, sir? Yeah. Sure, no problem. Seth Rogen gets All away right. with it. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, fair enough. Let's move on to from Thor. Thor, yeah, and if you guys haven't seen it yet, I highly recommend it. It's a really fun time. My my daughters and I laughed the entire time while Leslie was knitting on the couch. So <laughs> it was pretty cool. No, I want to go back to you. I want to know what other horror film that you brought us today. Sure. This one is not as recommendable, but it's um it's called Open House. It's all it's also another new straight to Netflix, uh, Netflix produced horror film. Two actors. I don't really know them. I think one of the guys was in 13 reasons why also a Netflix production. Anyways, uh, (laughs) the, the conceit is that, (laughs) um, one we've seen before, uh, uh, someone dies and mother and son go and, and live in this house, um, owned by a friend, and that house is currently in sort of open house mode. And so every every uh, Sunday, I think it is, they have to like, you know, leave the house for the day and people come in. And, and, and at one point in the movie, they talk about, hey, isn't it weird that like we just have this house open, we're living there, but people come in and, you know, we just let them do their own thing. And so that's yeah. the idea around the, the, which is an interesting concept. I don't think I've seen that specific uh, thing before. Yeah. But um, the execution is really dumb and silly, so <laughs> which was unfortunate. It, it, it seems like the potential for it to be really dumb is is high higher in my head than it really yes. paying off. Because as a metaphor, it's already kind of shaky that idea that people can trace around your life or tramps in and take all your like you know take up a part of where you live. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I get the idea. That's pretty transparent. I, I think. But uh, I just I, I think it's a really bizarre concept way of trying to approach that like pretty applicable thing is to have a like an open house is is a very like niche way of telling that story. <laughs> I know, I know. Is is that what it goes for? Is it like is it really just the creepiness of other people in in your life? Basically, like yeah, I mean they like they they end up like you know they start hearing weird things around the house and um they're like what's going on? They start seeing like oh my my cell phone was on this table. What's going on? And pretty soon you realize like you know someone has and you don't know who until the end but someone is coming into these open houses maybe staying the night you know in a in a uh. closet who knows <laughs> and they and it's you know it's and they they're creeped out by this and eventually it um it doesn't end well for them but yeah it's it's a silly concept i think it's an interesting idea but you're right it's like high high chance of silliness and and it, they don't they don't they don't pull it off all right so one less horror movie for me to watch yeah i was gonna say <laughs> that's, I take right. It, that's right scariness wise is it on the is it on the jason could watch barometer or is it <laughs> more more traditionally <laughs> jumpy there there was actually a couple scenes that like you know made me a little like Ugh. uh but it's not it's not really like there's no like mm. jumpy 
moments. There's no like jump scares like that, really. It's just some creepiness and. Um, oh sure, easy easy comparison. Mother came out last year. Did you see Mother? You know, I didn't. About, a, I, about I an, still... open, an open house. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to see yeah, that. Yeah, man, I could call. I still need to see that. But well, there you go. Well, I I can almost guarantee that once you do get around to that, you'll you'll see you'll see these two things that came out not months from each other and go, "Whoa, did I pick? That? I bet on the wrong horse." <laughs> 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 but you know, no, mother, yeah, yeah. Jason watched Mother. This was one of his favorite films of last year. So I mean, creepiness is is slowly creeping into your radar. <laughs> uh, it's because i mean uh, to be honest i think the reason why is because they're I, I keep hearing good things about these movies and uh there seems to be a lot of good production value behind it uh, uh there's sometimes that i enjoy watching the sloppiness of it all but at the same time <laughs> they're, they're good ideas are good ideas and if they're going to be good ideas in in a genre that i don't necessarily have the stomach for well i have to kind of develop the stomach for it and so I'll put myself in that situation soon. But yeah, cool. Lee, do you have anything else that you want to talk about? Yeah, sir? I'm going to talk quickly about The um, the Greatest Showman. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. I am not a stranger to the dark. You're still just the tailor's boy. Better luck with your next job. Those people will never accept us. This isn't the life I promised you. Not even close. But I have everything I want. Girls, I think I've had an idea. Look out, cause here I come. I'm putting together a show. It's a place where people can see things they've never seen before. <laughs> okay. I'm not scared. Who's that? And what is your act? I don't have an act. Everyone's got an act. People aren't going to like it if you put us on stage. Oh, I'm counting on it. Well, I believe those are the words of a scoundrel. A showman. Whistling just a showman. Don't listen to them. They don't understand yet. But they will. So tell me, do you want to go? Where it's coming? Does it bother you that everything you're selling is fake? Do these smiles seem fake? We have more protesters every day. I tried to fix! You're risking everything you've built? Well, how do you think I built it? The world was ashamed of us. But you put us in the spotlight. You gave us a real family. Have you no shame? Father, the world is changing. Never made a difference by being like everyone else. Uh, which is a, a rousing success, apparently. If people don't know what it is, it's um, Hugh Jackman is famous con con artist slash circus runner P.T. Barnum, uh, and it's a it's an all singing, all dancing, old fashioned musical where uh, P.T. Barnum meets his wife and uh f forms his, his traveling circus and uh various other exploits related to his somewhat biographical life 
Uh, <laughs> you know, realistic. I, to be honest, I hated it, <laughs> and, and and not for I I imagine the reasons. In fact, almost assuredly not for the reasons everybody else who has a reason to hate it hate it. Uh, which is that it has absolutely fuck all to do with PT Barnum, which is uh, which is true. It, it, it is uh, it's notoriously um, inaccurate in portraying his very dubious and shady life. Uh, uh, which is uh, one just one more reason not to like it, but it's not the real reason I don't like it is because I hate all the music in it. Uh, okay. The the, uh, the songwriters and I, I'm I'm literally pointing fingers because it's at least the second time I've hated their music. Um, they are Benj oh. Benj Pasek and Justin Paul, and they are the songwriters for La La Land. Which I also hated the music oh. for, and I, not as much as The Greatest Showman, but I also hated the music for La La Land. Um, I guess because in La La Land's case, it was faux uh, Hollywood glitz. Uh, it was very transparently new age pretend jazz, trying to be jazzy or trying to be big. It was it was trying to pull itself off as one of those big musical scores, but it only really ever hit big band music. Uh, like you would hear on a street corner in a very nice town. <laughs> uh, I, I never really gotten bored of it. Uh, even though it's it's all well performed and it's all nicely put together, it wasn't really my thing. And the Greatest Showman is 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 the new is the next level in twee crap. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> Kevin's gonna love this man. <laughs> I like hi Kevin. I I'll be honest, right? I I I've been out, not out of touch, but mostly um, apathetic to to modern music as of late. Uh, I've always, I've always considered myself pretty in touch with music, and I uh, in the last couple of years I've come around because there was a there was a good period where I hated everything on the radio, and then in the last couple of years I've actually started to enjoy most of it, even if they are kind of bland nothing. I've started to enjoy music again, pop music. Uh, and so this is a soundtrack that's supposed to be like of its time. It's supposed to be big anthems for the for the current millennial trend on on the radio. And I, I hate it. It's all so false. It's all so <laughs> it's all got the pretense of sound. And it's not even like the the music today is isn't false. Uh, it's 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 entirely manufactured, uh, and, and so it's hard to justify because it's music, and music is hard to be a critic about, which is why I'm not a music critic. But, <laughs> um, but it's 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 let's say it's just rousing anthems about high spirits nonstop, and and piano ballads about oh the days we had, and, and there's it's so little chorus work, and there's so little parts that are actually good, and it, the worst part is that they are catchy, but when you you they actually just in the bad way, in in the way that you know you don't want it to be in your head, that just they just stay there for a while, and they never develop, and when you look up what they're fucking, the, the lyrics are a blank nothing, of just smulty crap smacked onto a page and then people sing it out loud it's it just it was just, it's it's a tedious film to watch on that level and then on top of that the story is all over the fucking place and 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 edited really slapdash uh, in, oh, in, no. in a really in a way that makes it was almost experimental for a biopic 
because it, it felt like it was it was purposely taking the piss out of how biopics are put together and that they don't have a real sense of form or structure because that's real life. But then it does try to have form in that it actually does try to neatly tie a bow on this terrible man's terrible life and terrible career. And it's like, you, <laughs> I, I, I just, the whole package was miserable. And like from the halfway point, I was like, when's the point when I can stop being here and listening to this and, and finally go? And I was doing it for my wife who also hated it and, <laughs> and we were just sticking it out together in mutual unappreciation uh but yeah that's that's my but did you guys pay to go see this at the movie theater oh yeah absolutely <laughs> why'd you just not walk out why'd you just leave why didn't you just leave i don't know jason <laughs> i don't know <laughs> I thought, it might have hard. been like this paradox where I thought she was having a good time and she might have thought I was having a good time. <laughs> we were in it together. We were just stuck there being angry at the screen. But it was uh, terrible. Yeah. No, do you do you and Jess leave the movie theater uh, any time? Do you guys walk out? Uh, it's it's rare that we do. I, I can't. Right. I can't recall a time we did. Usually we stick it out. Yeah, All right, cool. That's that's how it, it's 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 the dead air between couples that allows everyone to continue being unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but right. uh, I take it, uh, Jason, you then haven't seen it. But Nolan, I think you said before we started recording that you have seen The Greatest Showman. Yeah, greatest movie alive. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, no, it's it's fine. I mean, it's. I didn't hate it, but um, I did enjoy the music. I I had fun with the music, um, but you know, all the rest of it, you're spot on. Like the the way it's structured is problematic. The Hollywoodizing of this, you know, pretty awful uh, man's um, life is you know problematic, and uh, the story is you know confusing at times. Uh, other than that. You know, I, I I enjoyed the music, but other than that, it was pretty uh, pretty poor. You see, that's that's where the it's 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 like a taste thing, and maybe it's because I take music too seriously. Uh, that's that's maybe my problem. You take and, it however you like. That's fine. Yeah, I, I've taken it really badly in this occasion. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that's that's the greatest show, man. I don't want to talk about. It's really miserable that's right. experience. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't really have anything else to talk about. I do have a couple of titles, but I think I'm going to save them for another time because they're more stand-up comedies with, you know, the ones that I mentioned were science fiction. No one was actually talking about uh, horror and all that. So I, I don't know, I'm going to call it a day on this one. So is that okay with you, Lee? Oh, good. <laughs> all right. So I want to thank Mr. Noan Wells from You, Me, Empathy yes. for coming on today uh, for the Atlantic Stream Connection. Well, we'll call it Discussions for lack of a better title. We'll figure it out as we go along. But sir, can you <laughs> please, please, please tell us where we can find you online again if you want to be followed, but be sure to plug your show so that people can go in and tune in to what you have in store for them. Sure. Th thanks, guys. Um, yeah, You Me Empathy, uh, you can find that at youmeempathy.com and on Twitter, Instagram, at youmeempathy. Uh, also on Patreon, patreon.com slash youmeempathy. And the last thing I need to say is that this is a public service announcement. Gleaming the Cube, the movie, Gleaming the Cube, if you have not seen it, it's now streaming on Amazon Prime. Is that... <laughs> what is it? This what is, is information you need to know. The public needs is... to know. <laughs> but, but, tell us more about this Gleaming the Cube. No? You've never seen Gleaming the Cube? No, I mean, unless this is a well-known thing. I thought this was a new film. Is this something everybody should know? No. <laughs> I, 
So it's a film from the <laughs> '80s with Christian Slater. It's a skateboard movie. It's uh, it's silly fun. Great. Yay! There we go. That is that is my favorite kind of public service announcement, which is <laughs> it's just bizarro crap. Almost no one will indulge. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Amazing. Well. Thanks uh, for being our, our first inaugural guest, or possibly our sixth inaugural guest, if this is the same show that we did last summer. <laughs> <laughs> Happy to be here. Uh, yeah, cool. great having you, man. Lovely talking to you. Excellent. And that's it for us this week. Uh, Lee, do you want to plug anything, or do we just continue on? Yeah, yeah, no. I've got nothing. You can you can, uh, you can can follow me at Lee Paul Brady, and I'm also doing our Twitter at the moment, so you can follow us on Twitter at AtlanticSC. Uh, and that's me. That's me, too. Uh, you can uh, find our Facebook page at Atlanta Screen Connection Podcast on, uh, well, Facebook. Don't find it anywhere else. <laughs> Be sure to follow our Instagram at AtlanticSC Podcast. And that's it for us this week. My name is Jason Michael. I was accompanied by Noan Wells and Lee Brady. And we're going to be catching you sometime soon. Be sure to check out the movies that we mentioned. And that's it. Be sure to send us feedback on whatever the hell. Like you guys, oh, we watched or Jason's wrong or whatever the hell. <laughs> you know, feel free to fire back. If you enjoyed uh, Open House, I'll be happy to forward everything to Noan. If you are a huge fan of The Greatest Showman as Kevin Brackett is, be sure to give him a follow at Kevin R. Brackett and tell him <laughs> that he's not alone in enjoying oh the film. As much as he did. (laughs) So that's it. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.